Hey, what's up? My name is Dusty Otis. I am the lead pastor here at The Grove in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thank you so much for taking part of your day to be a part of this church, to engage in this message, and for supporting our ministry. It means more than you know. None of what we get to do happens without you. I pray that today's message speaks to your heart. I hope that it helps you move forward in your relationship with God, and I hope that you become just a little bit better in following Jesus because you took the time to listen today. Enjoy the message. The short version of Jesus's second sermon. If you weren't here last week, it was Jesus's first sermon. It was one verse in Matthew 4, 17. Turn from your sin, turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. One sermon. He proclaimed that. His second sermon is what's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's pretty famous. If you've been in any kind of church life, any part of your life, you've probably heard about the Sermon on the Mount. And it is Jesus's message. It is a, uh, it's kind of, uh, you know, he traveled town to town, village to village, but our guess is wherever he went, he pretty well covered this material. So when Matthew, his disciple, is writing it, Matthew is a, an accountant-type personality. So he puts in Jesus' teachings here, his relationships here, his parables here, his struggles here. He just writes like a guy writing in a ledger. But the Sermon on the Mount is Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Now, I'm a question for you. When was the last time you sat for two hours and watched a movie? on TV or at home or with friends. When was the last time you sat for 30 minutes and had a cup of coffee all by yourself at Starbucks or at home or wherever else? When was the last time you drove with a friend or rode with a friend for an hour to go to Denver or the airport or up to the mountains? When was the last time you had a meal with somebody you liked just to hang out with them? Maybe you spent an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours just hanging out. And when was the last time you spent 20 minutes reading your Bible uninterrupted without stops or anything else? I got one person in there. That's the secret. I mean, you watch a movie for two hours, you don't get much out of it. You watch the news, and all that does is make you madder and angrier. You're driving with a buddy to the airport or to Denver, and you got time. It takes you 20 minutes, 30 at the max if you read as slow as I do, to read the Sermon on the Mount. What we're about to read, and Jesus did what I just said, have a good beginning, a good ending, keep them close together as possible. His good beginning was the Beatitudes, which we're going to study today. His good ending was his invitation. If you will trust me, read my words, and put them into practice, you will be like a wise person who builds their life on the solid rock. But he said, if you hear me and my words and you don't practice them, then you're like that person that builds a house on a, on a sand. So storms of life come to the righteous and the wicked. We all have bad days, bad weeks, bad seasons, sometimes bad years. We all also get some blessings from God, smiles, friendly faces, free coffee, uh, a lot of blessings along the journey of life. I love what the guy was singing, uh, Brandon Lake. When he started singing, I thought, Lord, should I jump up there and get the people to sing along with him? And you know what the Lord said? No. Why ruin a great moment? <laughs> I'm a terrible singer, but I listen to the Lord. I try to walk in that spirit. When he directs me, you follow his steps. Now, I was a goofy 15-year-old that did all the stupid things that 15-year-olds do uh, a few years back. I was in my bedroom. I was doing homework. I was tired of homework. I'm not a good student. I'm not a good reader. But somebody had told me about reading the Sermon on the Mount. So, okay, I got my Bible. It was brand new, although it was seven years old. <laughs> and... 
And I started reading Matthew 5, 6, and 7. But I'm going to read you the Beatitudes. Now, we're going to read through it so you'll see what you read. And then I'm going to go back through it and see if we can gain some understanding. So if you're ready, say we're ready. Okay. Now, the crowd that's listening to Jesus, they are a bunch of people that are the opposite of rich, powerful, successful, athletic, musically inclined, handsome, beautiful. That's not the crowd sitting here listening to Jesus. Jesus has been doing his miracle signs and wonders for a while now. He's already made a name for himself. Although you're reading it like it's the first thing he said, it wasn't. He had already done the miracle at the wedding of Cana. There was a buzz about Jesus wherever he went. The towns and villages all showed up to hear what he had to say, but more importantly, to watch him do the miracles, the signs, and wonders, to make lame people walk, to make food out of no food. I mean, he was a celebrity. He was the celebrity of his day in that area. And so he's outside of the Sea of Galilee, goes up on a hillside. He's got his disciples, and everybody, hey, Jesus is up there. So they're making their way up. He sits down, and remember last week, he began to preach. Turn from your sins, turn to God. This week, it says he began to teach. Here's what happens. So the people sat down, in verse 2, it says he began to teach them. <clears throat> verse 3, and God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. And God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you. When people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you simply because you're my followers, be happy about that. Be very glad. I mean, it's not often Jesus does the redundance thing, but here it is. Be happy about it. Be very glad. Why? For a great reward awaits you where? You right answer. Let's try that again. For a great reward awaits you where? In heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted the same way. You notice all of these, except the beginning and the end, are about future tense satisfaction. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. A great misconception of Christianity is that if I will pray and trust Jesus, and I'll start reading the Bible and do what it says, then everything gets better for me. And the truth is, sometimes it does, and other times it doesn't. I've been living this. I read this at 15. I wish I could tell you that night I turned my life around, but I was a stupid 15-year-old. I became a stupider 16-year-old. At 17, I was really bad. At 18, I graduated from the school of foolishness. I went to college thinking I'll start all over. Lord, I'm a new man in college. And he said, no, you're not. No, you find the same crowd, only there's no parents to hold you accountable there. And so I continued my foolishness for another year until I finally reread the, the New Testament, the book of James, and I got serious and God turned my life around. But I can be honest and tell you at 15, it got my attention because I had the impression the people that went to heaven were all really good, really holy, much better than me. 
They didn't act like I did on Friday or Saturday nights. They didn't cheat like I did in school. They weren't troublemakers. They did not get into fights. And those are the holy and righteous people. But a guy like me, there is no way I'm going to heaven. No way a guy like me is, you know, worthy of it. And the truth is, I wasn't, I'm not, I'm still not. When I read the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who know that they need God. And I said, Lord, that's me. I sure know I need you. Can't go anywhere without you. Jesus became, I know in some of our dialects, we use the term higher power. I'm powerless over the issue in my life, and I realize that there's a higher power, and we name our higher power, whatever it might be. I've got a friend, his higher power is a tree. And I said, how does a tree help you in your marriage? He said, not a whole lot. He said, that's my higher power. Okay, I'm, you know, I'm down with it. I know the steps and the rules and that. And I said, but someday, why don't you read the Sermon on the Mount and see if Jesus doesn't turn out to be a better higher power than the trees. And by, believe me, I love the trees. I was in uh, Telluride this week and saw the trees. And I was just, oh, Lord, is there a church I could start up here? The answer was no. <laughs> no, but it's a nice place to visit. So, my higher power became Jesus Christ because when I read the Sermon on the Mount, I thought, wow, this is some really good stuff. He talks about forgiving people. He talks about relationships. He talks about self-control. He talks about being angry. He talks about calling people idiots. Has anybody ever called anyone an idiot or something worse? Raise your hand. Okay, well, well, Jesus talked about that 2,000 years ago. He said, I know human beings. I know the way they are. Has anybody got anybody that you don't want to make things right with because they really messed you up? Raise your hand. All right. Has anybody here ever thought, well, I'm going to do something nice for this person, but I'm going to make sure that everybody knows that I did something nice for this person? Raise your hand if you like getting credit for your goodness right now. Jesus talked about that. Anybody ever feel like just giving up and thinking, what, what? <laughs> What what the use? What's the use? Here we go, boy. The old sins come right close to there, but you, they got to got to be a good filter from here to here. Amen. <laughs> Even if you look like you're having a stroke or something, nope. Just trying not to say something else. Have to forgive. So, but that's Jesus. Now imagine the crowds out there. You know they've been the see the religious leaders. They probably quit going to temple because oh, I'll never live up all those rules and regulations. You mean I drag a chair across the room on the Sabbath and I get I got to pay a penalty because that's furrowing? I mean they had so many stupid rules packed on top of the rules of God. When Jesus came along, he blew the rules to pieces. In fact, he says unless you are living a better life than all the religious hypocrites. You're not going to heaven. Now, everybody goes, well, the religious people, that's who's, really, that's who's really setting the bar for us. Jesus said, no, they're not. He said, they're the ones that will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And in this message, he says, some of you will say, Lord, Lord, did we not preach in your name? Did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we, all, did we not do all these spiritual things? And he says, depart, for I never knew you. When Jesus handpicked his 12 followers, none of them were religious leaders. Not one priest, not one rabbi, not one Pharisee among the group. He had commercial fishermen, he had carpenters, he had regular people that the Son of God says, I just want to hang out with the regular folks. I don't want to hang out with the white collar. I don't want to hang out with the rich and the famous. I don't want to set up an office in a tower in Jerusalem. I want to walk around for three years, meeting people right where they're at, talking to them, touch them, meet their needs, heal them, do whatever I can, and show them this is what God is looking for. And the Sermon on the Mount lays all that out. 
But the most important beatitude, and the beatitude, a beatitude means a blessing, but I like to call it the B-attitude. Is the way we're supposed to be. Blessed are those who realize their need for God. Blessed are those who say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness, and I accept you. That's that blessing. Then it says, blessed are those, uh, what's the next one? Blessed are those who mourn, who hurt, who ache, either in your situation or somebody else's. you got children making bad mistakes. you got spouses making bad mistakes. You see people going, no, please don't do that again. That's the third time you've been through a rehab, and you're out, and you're starting all over again, and you just hurt. You go, Lord. And that's where he says, I know how you feel. You're seeing it with your two or three or five friends. Try sitting in my seat and watching the whole world make foolish mistakes. He said, I know you're hurting. Then he said, blessed are those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Uh, let me ask you a question. Where is heaven in the end? Where is heaven? How many of you think heaven is in the sky, on the clouds, playing a harp, singing songs, wearing a white clothes, and totally bored out of your mind, but that's got to be better than hell. Raise your hand. Yeah, you just no, don't be afraid. Yeah, that's, at 15, that's what I thought. All the movies, everybody was in white clothes and floating around, and there was nothing. There was no color. There's no nothing. And then Bruce Almighty comes out. I'm thinking, yeah, Morgan, Morgan Freeman, God, we got a cool God at last in the movies. But it's boring. I mean, it's white and they're white suits. The only fun part was when Bruce got the prayers. You know, he said, got so tired of answering everybody's prayers, he just says yes to everything. <sighs> Remember that? And everybody wins the lottery and they get $2 with it and all of that stuff. But that's what our, our impression of God is. If you read the New Testament, if you read the Sermon on the Mount, you'll discover, just like Jesus said, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. It's the first time I thought earth. In the end, heaven is earth without the bad stuff. How many of you would love to live on this earth if there was no more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering, no more locks in the doors? You could leave your iPhone on the hood of your car for two hours in downtown Fort Worth, and it, I'm in downtown Fort Collins, and it would be there when you came back. How many of you would like that? Okay. If you think you would like earth without the bad stuff, then in the end, you will love heaven because heaven is earth without the bad stuff. You say, whoa, I thought we... Now, if you died today, you go to the city of God, read all about it in Romans chapter... Or Revelation 21. But when the end of time, the final judgment, the Bible says the earth will be destroyed. First time God destroyed the earth with the flood, he gave us the rainbow, uh, and he said, look, this is my promise that I will never flood the earth again, never destroy the earth by flood again. But then he said, I will destroy the earth again with a loud noise and with fire. He reads, he says that, he warns us. Is that fire nuclear holocaust? I mean, that's back in the news this week with Biden and Putin and all of that. Are we going to blow ourselves up? Is that fire what he's talking about? Is it a Nova star that explodes and we're seven seconds away from the whole world just being fried up? I don't know. Don't know. All I know is that God of the universe, my God, my higher power, he said, look, I've explained creation to you and you understand it. I've explained the life to you, and you understand it. I've explained that there is an end to the world as we know it. It's a great song. It's the end of the world as we know it. And it's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. I'm not sure if he's going to feel fine or not when it's the end of the world. But Jesus said, if you want to feel fine at the end of the world, or the heart attack, or the stroke, or the issues we talked about those last week, if that's what you're looking for, 
then call upon me now. Make me the Lord of your life. Make, realize you need forgiveness. Realize you need something outside of yourself to get through the days and the weeks and the months and the years. And Jesus is that answer. He says, you will inherit the earth. The blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Uh, i got a lot of stories to go with that. But anyway, if you don't remember anything else I say today, in the end, where is heaven? In the end, where is heaven? That's it. It's earth. It is earth. You say, was it going to be the same earth? Well, no, because John describes it. And he says, I saw the new heaven and the new earth, and there was no sea in the new earth, no oceans. So all that vast land that we never touch right now in the new earth, it's all there. But it also means if you want to cruise, this is the life to do it in. Because <laughs> all those cruise ships are going to become hotels in the new, on the new earth. Now you say, where's all Jesus? He's just kind of dotting the, the things. He's just got a crowd there. And they're thinking, I don't stand a chance of getting to heaven. He says, oh, yes, you do. He said, if you will look to me, trust me, live like this. These are your be attitudes. These are the way you're supposed to be. Be humble, be kind, be more uh, mournful. Uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. And everybody's crying for justice the last three to five years, and rightfully so because there's not a lot of it. But Jesus said, if you desire that, if you're really frustrated because fairness isn't done, justice isn't right, he said, hang on to me because in the earth to come you will be there. Remember, it's not going to happen now. The, the earth, I mean, we're, we Christians, we're just trying our best to live a righteous life thinking someday the world's going to turn around, see Jesus. That doesn't happen. What happens is the world gets car harder and colder against God. In several of the letters of the New Testament, it says, don't be surprised when people become lovers of themselves, lovers of money, greedy, haters of their parents, disobedient of all law and authority, uncontrolled, filled with hatred and jealousy, all the stuff we read last week. That's what human beings do. I had a friend, they said, why would God do this to the world? Why would he allow suffering in the world? I said, God didn't do this. God gave us freedom, and we did it. I said, think of all the suffering minus the hurricanes and the natural disasters, but all the cruelties, all the money, you know, billions of dollars goes to this city because it's been devastated, and that billions of dollars never makes it down to the people that need it, the corruption and all of that. Man did all that. God said, look, I give you the instructions. Do what it says, and your world will be better. But I know that's not going to happen, but I'm telling you, at the beginning of my sermon, it will happen. When you die, you go to heaven, you hang out there until this world is destroyed and rebuilt. And then it says the city of God comes down out of heaven on the new earth. And we live here. It was a life changer for me because it was hard. Even as a young preacher, I didn't quite understand, you know, heaven and earth and all of that. But now that I know it's kind of like earth without the bad stuff, man, give it to me. I'll take Telluride. Lord, if you need someone to manage Telluride, I'm, I'm the guy. Or, or maybe Hawaii, Maui, or I'll just take one island. And whatever you need done in the new earth, <laughs> give me the pretty places with the pretty trees, and I'll be glad to do it. So, but that's the new earth. Let's move on, Robert. You're not being short. So here we go. A hunger, let's say, God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. You have the heart. Many of you, my wife has a merciful heart. I mean, someone will be there, I'll work for food. You know, she goes and buys him a sack of groceries, hands it to him, says, here, here's some food. I give him a card to a day labor company. I said, hey, call this number. They'll put you to work today, and they'll pay you tonight, and you'll have money for food. And I get chewed out, and she gets blessed. Why? 
because she's merciful, and I'm kind of, wait a second, if you'll work for food, why are you just standing here? I see work signs all over the place. So she's merciful, so she's going to be blessed someday. Uh, what, what's, what's in it for Julie? Uh, she will find mercy. Okay. Uh, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. That love people at whatever cost, no strings attached, no, I'm going to help you so you can help me. I'm going to be here so they see me, and maybe I can move up the ladder. No, he says the pure of heart. They live and they love out of a purity of people. And we say, well, what's in it for them? He says, they will be called the children of God. He is not saying if you're sad, if you're merciful today, then you're going to have mercy all the days of your life. This is all a hope verse. See, the atheist, the person that is godless, each day their hope gets less and less and less. Because we all know we're going to die. Nobody denies that. But if I'm an atheist and there is no God, there is no life after death, none of this is real. And Adolf Hitler and Mother Teresa sleep side by side in the graves and nobody gets rewarded for a good life or punished for a bad life. That's a pretty hopeless thing. So no matter how good I am, nothing happens on the other side. Or no matter how bad I am, there's nothing on the other side. But Jesus says, oh no, those days are coming. But it's after this side of death. As the atheist, each day passes, I'm getting closer and closer to my death. As a believer in God, as a follower of Jesus Christ, each day gets me closer and closer to heaven. Have you ever wondered why old Christian people are so happy all the time? You think, why are they happy? They're old, they're decrepit, everything cracks and snap, crackle, pops like a bowl of Rice Krispies getting out of bed. You know, you know, my first prayer when I get up, sit on the side of the bed. Lord, everything works and nothing hurts. Thank you. It's going to be a good day. That's what old Christians do. I'm looking forward to heaven. When I was 20 years old, I wasn't looking forward to heaven. I was looking forward to life. I've lived that life, and I've tried to live it according to the teachings in these uh, three chapters. And I've discovered that the stuff that Jesus said, when you really do it, it works. When you forgive people, it works. When you do your deeds in private, not to show off to anybody, it works. When you try to reconcile, you know, not everybody's going to say, you know, forgive you. If I come to, to somebody and say, hey, I'm really sorry. You say, well, you can be as sorry as you want. I, I, I'm going to say, well, I gave up my best shot. Because the Bible says, as much as is possible, be at peace with everybody. Not going to happen. Jesus got crucified. Paul got stoned, whipped, beaten, and thrown in prison so many times you couldn't count it. It's not going to be easy. But our life is not for this life. Our life is for the next life. That's the eternal life. He goes on, he says, uh, blessed are those who work for peace. The peacemakers, the ones who try to be calm and settle things down. There's two people getting into it. Hey, stop, bring it up. That's a peacemaker. Someone wants to argue and fight over something insignificant, you just hold your hands up and say, hey, we're going to agree to disagree. That's a peacemaker. Somebody's trying to counsel and settle and be a mediator and make things work out. Those are peacemakers. And Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they are really called the children of God. And then God blesses those who persecuted for doing right. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. I know I've been through it. Has anybody here ever been laughed at, maligned, insulted, whatever, because you follow Jesus Christ and you believe in the word of God? Raise your hand. And people say, are you crazy? That stuff's a bunch of garbage. It's written by money. Yeah, I've heard it all too. And you will too. Jesus says, hey, blessed are you when that happens. Why? Well, because that's, that's what we do. You see, Jesus... Our world says rich, powerful, strong, beautiful, handsome, athletic, musical. That's the winners of life. Jesus comes along, 
heals people, raises people from the dead. Everybody's going, wow, this guy's got something going. The rest of us don't. And he starts his message out with, whoop, those people are down here. He says, blessed are those who mourn, who cry, who work for good, who work for peace, those who are trying to do their best to make the world a better place. He said, their day's coming. Great is your reward in heaven. I have a friend. He's a doctor. His wife's a doctor. He's an atheist. And we hang out about once a year. We get together, and, you know, and he just talks about stuff. And I said, well, you know, there's rewards in heaven. He said, you know, my wife says, I'm not going to help people because I want a reward. I don't believe all these Christians that think I'll be good and nice and kind and all of that for some reward in heaven. I just help people because I love them. And well, he was adamant for her cause, and, you know, just we're being good because we're being for good's sake. I said, but Jesus said, there's a reward. we're not doing it for the reward. We're just doing it because we love people. I said, how much do you and your wife make combined a year as doctors? Kind of well, I said, how much? Just give me a ballpark figure. And he did. I said, that's quite a, quite a reward. That's quite, quite a reward for using your skills for the goodness of people. I said, how many weeks a year do you two spend in clinics in poverty-stricken areas doing, you know, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. for free? Well, we haven't done that. Why? Well, because we're so busy getting our... So, so I said, rewards are good for here, but they're not good for heaven. He says, well, I, I never thought of that. And he, I said, you want to trust Jesus? He said, no, but you got a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I see him, and I'll see him again this next year. I'm going to keep knocking on the door. You never know. But Jesus, Jesus is the one. Hey, live like this, and great is your reward on earth? No, great is your reward in heaven. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with little. I will make you a ruler over much. You did well with these little things. I'll make you a ruler of ten cities in the future. Jesus said, you are going to get laughed at, persecuted, uninvited, not invited, fired, let go. Something is going to happen along the road of life, and you're going to go, golly, what's the deal? And Jesus said, I warned you. I told you in the introduction to my sermon. That's life. That's my life. If you want the eternal life, trust me, Live the way I say to live, and then in the end, you will find in the new life, it's, it's an eternal life. Remember, heaven is earth without all the bad stuff. What are we going to do there? Whatever we're doing in the world at that point in history is probably what we're going to continue doing at the new heaven and the new earth. He doesn't go into specifics. Now, they won't need preachers, obviously. Jesus will be on earth, so hey, listen to him. He's on TV. <laughs> They're not going to need doctors and lawyers, but they're going to need people. But I don't understand all that. All I know is that Jesus, God's son, came to this earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins, rose from the dead to prove he is God because nobody else did that. And he said, whosoever calls upon my name will be saved. Doesn't matter who you are or what you've done, a goofy 15-year-old, a goofy 27-year-old, 30-year-old, 40-year-old, I don't know what level of goofiness you're at at this point in your life. But I know Jesus said, blessed are those who realize their need for me. Not easy living these principles out. They're the Beatitudes. They're the way we're supposed to live. Uh, I was so excited to preach this message because I've been doing pretty well this week. Again, I was driving around in the mountains. And then yesterday, my truck was a mess, so I went to the car place down the road. And I won't tell you which one unless you know the person that works there. I had my little sticker on there, pulled right in. Nobody was there on Saturday morning. I thought, well, this is a miracle. Nobody's in line. Pulled right in, pulled up. The little lady starts talking on the screen. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. Yeah. And she starts chatting. Normally, I just sit there until she realizes I'm not doing anything. Bing. You know, thank you for being a monthly customer. Drive on through. And I waited. 
She wasn't. She was chatting and nothing happened. And I rolled my window down, hit the button, hit it again, hit it again. And I'm frustrated because this is the fourth time this has happened to me in a month. I'd just been there a few weeks ago, got the little sticker on there, scraped off and redone. I'm thinking, I pull in and bing, and a nice guy, maybe 16, 17, 18, comes out. He said, hey, can I help you? I said, yeah, I'm a regular person, but it's like the fourth time this is month that this has happened. And he says, he said, well, there's a problem with the, the system. You're not in the system. I said, I am in the system. I've been washing my car here for three years. He said, well, that's, uh, he said, I can fix it for you. I said, that's what the last guy said. I can be real human sometimes. I can be a real smart, uh, uh, I can be really human. Can I say I can be a real smart ass? Is that okay or is that all right? I mean, that's, that's my spiritual gift. You know, be a smart ass. And I did Then I, well, the last guy didn't fix it. Are you saying you can? He said, well, let's go to the office and see. Back, yeah, I'll pull in. He goes in, pulls up the, my name and all that stuff. And he says, oh, the sticker isn't the number that's in the system. I said, well, the guy put it on there. He said, yes, sir, but he probably forgot to add that number into the system. And he said, that'll work. And he says, uh, what's your license plate on your truck? I said, it's right there. It, that's not in your system either? I said, it, this is the third year I've done hits. And he said, well, just, I said, DDT, GD, whatever. He said, okay, here we go. You should be all set. And uh, he said, thank you. For, I said, can I go check it out now? He says, yes, sir. And I mean, I just, 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 anyway, I wasn't like Jesus. I backed out, drove through, sure enough, drove in, the lady, cha, 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 and suddenly the gate opens and I go in. And I kid you not, I was not around the turn going into the car wash before the Spirit of the Lord said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And he wasn't saying that as a compliment, you understand? In fact, the embarrassing part of this, and this is my classic line, he's going through that, you know, when I'm inside on his computer, he does all that, and I'm just being a grumpy jerk, an old man, you know, you know how those guys get. And that was me, and he says, and what's your email? Oh! Happy Emmett at gmail.com. <laughs> not today, sir, not today. Oh, man, I... I'd, I'd use that so I'm not a jerk on customer service. I'm a happy Emmett at Gmail. <laughs> anyway, then the Lord said, blessed are the peacemakers. Oh, man, I'm preaching on this stuff, and I blew it. I'm not a peacemaker today. I'm not a child of God. Lord, I'm sorry. And I drove through, and I turned around, and I went back, and I drove, and I parked, and I saw him. And I said, hey, he said, yes, sir. <laughs> I said, hey, I want to ask you to forgive me for being such a grumpy jerk in there. I said, you handled it beautifully. I didn't. And I handed him a $20 bill. He said, oh, you don't have to do that. I said, no, I do. The Lord won't let me if I don't. I blew it on the peacemaker part. Blessed are the peacemakers. Not today, Robert. You were the grumpy old man. Oh, blessed are the humble. Okay, well, I did admit I was wrong and sorry, and I gave him 20 bucks. I guess I don't get credit for that in heaven because I just told you the good deed I did. Remember that don't do your deeds. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a leader in Christianity. I'm a real human being, and I'm reading this, and I don't stand up here sanctified and tell you how spiritual I am and how I just win people left and right. I get irritated. I get grumpy. When I get a slow cashier's line, first thing I do is look at the tag, and I look for the trainee on the tag. You ever do that? And I mean, sometimes I, excuse me, back, I go to, but then the Lord says, hey, where's the peacemaker in you? Where's the, where's the meek in you? Where's the humble in you? 
Uh, so wait, 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 wait. Go by. She's up. Hey, you want me to scan those for you? I can do it. <laughs> and I say, you know, you're doing a great job. Thanks for working. Oh, you're welcome. Christianity. We're a long way from the heaven on earth. But our assignment is to trust Jesus. Start living out the B attitudes. Read that Sermon on the Mount and say, Lord, show me what I need to work on and give me the power to work on it. I've got a friend. His name is Fuzz Raina. F-U-Z-R-A-N-A. Fuzz Raina. Uh, Fuzz is a Ph.D. biochemist. Does research. Did research. Super smart guy. Brilliant mind. His dad was a Muslim. His mother was Jewish. Can you imagine a Muslim and a Jew in a marriage living together? They said, you talk about the fireworks. They said, but we didn't go anywhere. We didn't have any God in our lives. He was just Muslim because he was born that way. She was Jewish because she said, we had no identity of God. I didn't like God. I didn't need God. I didn't believe in God. I believed in science. And he said, but the more I studied molecular structure, the more I realized this is some incredible stuff. The way cells reproduce and this, and he just, he's a scientist, he's a brilliant mind. And he said, I gotta think there's gotta be something you know, out there. This doesn't just happen. This didn't just, boop, hey, by the way, here's molecular structures. And he said, I read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, as a super intelligent man, as an atheist. And he said, I read it. And he said, it made sense to me. I said, that's it. There is a God of creation. You know, branches on trees. I love this one. You know, man can, man has yet to create something that can stand straight out in high winds and not break off. Branches in trees, 100 mile an hour, and they don't break off. How on earth does that happen? God in heaven. In the, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Quit fighting God and saying, I don't believe it. I, don't say, I believe in it. Trust Jesus. Read the Sermon on the Mount and do what it says. If it can change a goofy 15-year-old's life, if it can change a really smart biochemist's life, if it can change a really great businessman's life, if it can change a wife's life, if it can change a teacher's life, if it can change a coach's life, if it can change an alcohol or drug addict's life, it can change your life. How does it happen? Well, take 30 minutes. Read the new Sermon on the Mount and say, Lord, help me do what this says today. He's not going to throw the whole bucket on you. You're not going to walk out of here saying, man, there's 110 things in there. I'll never do all of those. Just do the one you're messing up on. Blessed are the peacemakers. Robert, you didn't have it. Sorry, Lord, forgive me. I do, but you know what you got to do. Yes, sir, I do. I'm sorry. I was a jerk. Please forgive me. Here's a gift. Oh, wow, thanks. Christianity. Perfection doesn't come until the new heaven and the new earth does. But if you want to get in on it, you start your journey the day you call upon the Lord. Remember, beginning and ending, Jesus had the Beatitudes. Everybody has access to heaven. And then the end of it, he says, those who come to me, hear my words and put them into practice. Those are the ones who are building their lives on the solid rock. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word, for your Sermon on the Mount. Lord, I thank you, you know, that a 15-year-old, goofy 15-year-old can read it and go, wow, this makes sense. It wasn't deep. It wasn't hard to understand. It wasn't filled with symbolism and all of that stuff. It made sense. And, Lord, I know I didn't turn at 15. I was trying to, but the peer pressures and that, and not their fault is mine. But at 19, that recommitment, 
that started this journey that I'm 65 and loving the, every moment. Lord, thank you for your blessings of life. There's not a soul in this room that is here by accident. You are here because God of the universe wanted you to hear this message today. Either you're a Christian, you go, you know, I need to read that Sermon on the Mount, start putting it into practice. I'm going to take 30 minutes, same as I do with driving and eating and hanging out. I'm going to take 30 minutes and hang out with Jesus and listen to his Sermon on the Mount, put it into practice. That's what we do, we daily walk with the Lord. But maybe you're one of those that your higher power is a tree, like my friends. Maybe it's something else or somebody else. Let me tell you, there's no higher power than God. And the moment you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, He enters your heart. The Holy Spirit begins to speak to you. He convicts you. I mean, in a car wash yesterday, instantly after I messed up, the Lord says, blessed are the peacemakers, and that wasn't you. And I repented. That's the life. That's what we teach. It's what we preach. Thank you so much for joining us today. It means more than you know to have you with us. And to all of you who partner with us and support the mission of our church, thank you. We cannot be the church without you. Go ahead and click the link in the description to partner with us now, or you can visit thegrovefc.com forward slash partner. If you enjoy the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, share it with them. This is how the gospel goes forward. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.